Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. My name's Dwayne Osterlund. I'm your host, and we are on to another episode. Today, my guest is the incredible Marcy Hopkins, a renowned TV personality and the brilliant mastermind behind the captivating talk show, Wake Up With Marcy, a talk show with a heart that has won the prestigious Telly Award three times. Marcy is not only a talk show host, but also an accomplished author of the inspiring book, Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles. She is a public speaker and recovery expert. Her expertise in recovery has made her a sought-after figure in the media with appearances on Fox, CBS, NBC, and ABC, where she has left a lasting impact on viewers nationwide. I am so excited to have her on the Addicted Mind podcast. So she's going to share some of her story and her struggle and how she got into recovery and really is now living the life that she loves and wants. And she's going to talk about how she was able to do that and share a little bit about her book, Chaos to Clarity, with us today and how she put that all together to be able to bring that to more people, to bring that hope and that happiness that she has been able to find in her own life. So it's a great story and she is inspiring. And so I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. It was really great to talk with Marcy. I really enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoy it as well. And if you're getting a lot out of the Addicted Mind podcast, please rate and review us in iTunes. That really does help the podcast get found. I really appreciate it. I do read them and they do mean a lot to me. And follow us on Instagram at Addicted Mind Podcast. All right, everybody, stay tuned for this episode. All right, everyone, welcome to the Addicted Mind Podcast. My guest today is Marcy Hopkins, and we're going to talk about chaos. 
in some ways. <laughs> and we're going to get to that. But let's let's just jump in. Marcy, start to tell us about you and what you do and all the things that are going on. We'll get to know you first and we're going to jump into awesome, the chaos. Awesome. Well, my name is Marcy Hopkins. Thank you so much for having me on. I am the host of a television talk show called Wake Up With Marcy. And I was inspired to do this show to help others like you're doing with your podcast. And when I launched the show, it was about sharing stories of hardship, but the triumph on the other side to share hope with others. I'm also the author of Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles. And that is another miracle that has happened since my sobriety. I'm also a mother of two and I live in New Jersey. I do public speaking and a number of other things. So That's life awesome. is so good now. So it's great to be here. Yeah. And I love, you know, one of the reasons I do the podcast, like you say, is sharing stories of, of thriving and hope and that there is yeah. ways out of all of this and, and there is direction. And, you know, when we share our stories, we give hope to others. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of jump in and, and tell us a little bit about your story and how you kind of got there and when you kind of started to realize it and started to embrace a sober lifestyle and then mm-hmm. and go from there. Well, I will tell you, October was my eight year sober anniversary. Wow. So very grateful to have eight years, but I did have a lifelong relationship until that time with alcohol. I started drinking in my teen years I used alcohol as a way of to, of coping with my trauma. I had a lot of abandonment issues, victim issues, sexual abuse issues, physical abuse, mental abuse. So there was a lot of abuse that, that occurred in my childhood. Also, both my parents were alcoholics. Uh, my grandfather, there are a lot of addiction in my family. And so... Seeing alcohol being used every day was very normal for me. So once I got out of high school, I probably drank every single day up until the time I stopped. Well, I, there was a few months in between, you right. know, maybe I'd stop. A few for efforts a for a little bit. Right. But ultimately, I I used alcohol to cope, as I said. But once I got in my 40s, I was married and my life looked really great. I mean, I managed to really be successful in my career in television. I used to work behind the scenes and right. found my husband and got married. And, you know, life looked fantastic on the outside, but I was still crumbling on the inside. And I decided at 40 to go after a lifelong dream and get in front of the camera and that really catapulted me into excessive drinking because wow. I, I was, my self-esteem and self-loathing and self-hate was so, it was exasperated by being in front of the camera. Like, so you're on this roller coaster of auditions and I'm trying to, to be a mother and be there for my kids and my husband's always working and. I just had no confidence to be in front of the camera, but yet I'm going after this. And so I started using alcohol as liquid courage. It started creating a lot of problems in my marriage, a lot of problems for myself. 
my relationships, and even my work. So ultimately, my darkest days, I ended up going out for a gig. I had a DUI that day. And the next day, God for me stepped in and I was able to surrender and really... I had admitted I thought it was, you know, had a drinking problem and went for help before, but this time was different. I was just like, that was I it. need help. And I went to my husband. I, I admitted that I had a drinking problem and I needed help, and he embraced me. And it was like the whole weight of the world came off my shoulders. It was the first time I really felt love. Like, even though I was wow. married, I never felt like anyone loved me or I even loved them. I didn't know. I didn't know how to love or what that. that really looked like. So, you know, I started my journey that day. That was October 4th of 2017. And I just did what I had to do. And and the miracles just keep on happening. Can we go back a little bit? Because yeah. I think so many people relate to the, something that you said, this part of like, you know, before you got sober and you had that moment Mm-hmm. There's that that internal wrestling of the the oh, yeah. all that trauma, the self-loathing, the like yet yet on the outside, everything you're you're holding it all together. And I, I wonder if you could talk to that because I think so many people will relate to yeah. that. Like that's so something we all can do yeah. when we're in our trauma and and yeah. stuff. You know, it's sad because we try to push things down so much and we yeah. build these walls, and this is the our survival mode through life. Right. And and through this, we're we're just I found it was very difficult for me to connect with people. So there was always really an internal dialogue of I'm not good enough, they're not good enough, you know, I'm not lovable. And the drinking all the while, like that was the only thing, the only time I felt good. I suppose, is when I was drinking. And it did get to a point, like you're saying, like you don't just wake up one day and go, oh, I guess I'm just drinking too much. This was a lifelong thing for me, like watching what other people were doing. Am I drinking too much? Am I like my mom? You know, even though when things got difficult, my drinking would elevate and people would say things to me. I would get through that and then somehow I would, you know, I would tame my drinking. But every night for about a year, I would, I would lay in bed and, and I would be like, I'm drinking too much. Like every night I I can't wait till I get that glass of wine and I'm, you know, cooking dinner and like reviving. I felt like I was reviving myself just to get through the next part of my day, which was, to take care of my kids and then take care of my husband. And so I was like looking for all these alternatives. Like, could I get, you know, acupuncture or I was already working out a lot, but maybe different kinds of yoga or Kundalini or different. And it's all internal. Like it's like, you know, you're not sharing this journey with anybody else until you had to, right? Until you had to. Every night, every day. And then, you know, saying, I'm not going to do it again. And then you do the exact same thing the next day. And I, and I do want to say before I truly surrendered about a year prior to that, 
I was drinking and making some bad decisions and, you know, that whole victim mentality, like everyone's wronging me. My husband's not with me. I have to take care of my kids. I I have to do everything. And, you know, my mother's not there. I have nobody to help me. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's drinking that wine and in the evenings that was helping me get through it. But then it was, you know, things were starting to happen and it, and it was like, you know, maybe, maybe I do have a problem and maybe I do need help. So then I made the decision to go to the 12 step program and I was doing what I needed to do, but I was, I still hadn't fully admitted to myself that I had yeah. a drinking problem. I didn't like the way I was drinking, but I wasn't fully admitting that I had a real problem. And, you know, even when you had to say in the rooms, I'm an alcoholic, I'd say it, but I don't know that I fully believed it. And then I started comparing myself to other people in the room. Like, yeah, that's not my story. That's not my story. I'm not drinking in the morning. I don't have to go to lunch every day and drink. And I'm in the PTO. I'm doing this with my kids. I'm at at every game. I'm at every function. I'm I'm making dinner every night. Right. So I was Comparing myself to everyone else. And, and I went the three months. I went on a vacation without drinking. And I convinced myself I didn't have a problem. Yeah. And that I could do this. And I, I went back to drinking. And I started drinking really slowly. And, you know, then it just started creeping back up. And, keep, you know, and it's just that old roller coaster of that drinking craziness and and like that chaos you're talking about like yeah i only knew chaos for my entire life so if i didn't have chaos i was creating chaos yeah that's good and that's what you know right like yeah. you you didn't know anything else i mean you, you grow up in with with all of those the the stuff the the abandonment yeah. the trauma the alcoholic home i mean it, that's just normal that's life yeah. you don't even know that it's 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 I mean, in some ways, it's like you don't even know it's chaotic or crazy or, you know, until you do this, the work and you have that moment where you have to like, like you said, you had a DI, DUI, you had to get help. Like, it's kind of like you get knocked down or something yeah. and yeah. you got to do something. And I felt for me to really stop, I had to have a major consequence. And I. Yeah. But I tell you, it was horrible. I mean, the shame, the guilt oh, of yeah. getting behind the wheel of a car and a blackout and as a mother and that I could have harmed anyone else. Like, yeah, I still live with that. But I, I, I'm so thankful. And for, I mean, I just prayed so often, like, you know, just thanking God that I didn't, didn't harm anyone. Yeah. It saddens me that it had to get that bad, but. That's what worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you you took it and you, yeah. you've done something with it. So mm-hmm. let's start to talk about that part. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the the pain and, and getting that point and, and yeah. saying, okay, I got to I have to reach out for help. I need help. I have to surrender to this. I don't yeah. have a choice anymore. But something comes after that. Right. So let's start to let's go there. I like that place better. Yeah. I mean, listen, it was hard. It was hard going into the 12-step program with my head down in shame. Yeah. But one of the things that I liked, because I live in 
you know, a community. So you, it's like, well, what if you see someone, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, they're there for the same reasons. So I, yeah. I, I appreciated that. Everyone there is really there to lift you up. It, you got to find the right people that you want to be around, but they're, they're all going through it too. And we all have our own program, but I will say that it is in within those 12 steps that I did the most healing that I'd ever done in my life. I didn't, I don't care how much therapy and I, I'm a big proponent of therapy also, but all of these things are, are not going to work if you don't have a clear mind. And, yeah. and that's the clear mind and clearing my body and healing those things allowed me to really move into the surrender, the spirituality, the diving deep into the work as far as who hurt me, me finding my place, moving from that victim mentality, doing the work of giving to others, the gratitude. You know, there's so many beautiful things that you you do learn through recovery. And my life, it changed my life. I live a life now that I could never even imagine that that I would have. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like your, you know, chaos to clarity, right? That's, that's the journey. So tell me a little bit about, you know, that, that steps, because you're right, when, when people are right there in, you know, mm-hmm. in that moment, it feels so incredibly hopeless and, yeah. and desperate. And there's, this is all it is right now in this moment. But like you said, there's, there's, you can get to clarity. Yeah. You can get there. You can get out of the chaos that you may not even have realized you were in. Yeah to this other space. And I want to hear about that part. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. Cause I had to get through all of the consequences of my drinking and my DUI and the mess I made of my, my marriage and uh, of my life. But if you're making, if you, if you're teetering and, and you're wondering, right, do I have a problem? I'd first say that if you're, thinking about the amount you're drinking, if you are, are wondering if you have a problem, if people are saying things to you in, in your life, if you notice your your relationships are being affected, if your jobs are being your jobs being affected, you know, you can't get off the couch. The first thing you think of is having a drink if you have anything going on in your life. Then it's a time to make a hard decision and realizing how hard it is but it's the best gift that you can give to yourself is making that decision to put down the drink. Now there's multiple ways of of getting the healing, right? And and whether you need to go through detox. I'd say if you're a really heavy drinker, yeah. You don't want to just stop cold turkey, right? Because yeah. you could die. I mean, yeah, that's that's a very good point. That's very, you know, that that's very dangerous. You definitely you need medical is. help. And anybody out exactly. there thinking of stop drinking and they're drinking a lot, go get medical help. Yeah. So medical help, you know, go to a therapist, go to somebody close to you. I mean, you know, tell somebody around you that you you need help. What are what are the options? What are the opportunities? And and thankfully nowadays there are so many different options and modalities. And even like if you feel uncomfortable going in the room of the 12 steps program, 
at least through COVID, one of the the great things is there's so many things online. There's yeah. there's the twelve step meetings around the world online. You can go to a meeting anytime now. You don't have to worry when just a meeting is planned in your community, right? There's telehealth, you know, right? Telehealth that you can do, get therapy and a very affordable therapy nowadays. Yeah. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now what what about like you know like someone's out there. And yeah. it's like, you know, sitting through that, like you said, you know, you had to go in there and your head's down in shame. Yeah. And like, how do you sit with those first moments of like, I think anybody who's in this, when they're reaching out for the help the first time, the, the shame is so overwhelming. Yes. And like, and sometimes, like you said, sometimes we have to kind of be forced through it. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to people like, oh, that's my roadblock there. You know, like I, I'm, I'm. I have too much shame about this. How, how do they get through that? Well, I'd first say I walked into the room, right? And if you look around, you're going to see people that look just like you. Yeah. And everyone in there is at a different stage, but you are going in there for help. And believe it or not, you're helping the people in there. I don't care if they have 30 days, 10 years, 30 years. When you walk in there and you're at that place, you are reminding others of where they were. And it's so important to have that reminder. And everyone, pretty much everyone in that room wants to embrace you. You are not alone in what you're going through because remember, everyone in that room went through something similar to you. So no story you tell is going to be a surprise to anyone. You know, like it yeah. doesn't, it, it really doesn't matter what you have to say, what you have to share, what your story is. Somebody in that room is going to have a very similar story. And I will say, I think it's very important when you go in there, to, to be open to people coming up to you, take those numbers, listen to what people have to say. And as hard as it is, raise your hand and share. Because when you start sharing, when you start getting that out of yourself, out of your head, all that shame, you'll start connecting with people and realizing that you're not alone and you don't have to sit in all that alone because there there are so many people there 
that want to embrace you and help you. Yeah. And like you said, something earlier that kind of struck me when, you know, you, you had that DUI and you reached it, it's the first time you felt love. Yeah, it really, truly was. And I think, you know, when you're talking about these things, it's kind of like uh, if you haven't experienced that before, it seems so, so distant or under, not even understandable. But like what you're saying is like, that that's really like love, like care. Yes. So I'd like to, you know, go back a little bit when, for me, with the abandonment from my mother not being around, my father not being around, when you have the abandonment and you have sexual abuse, you start viewing, first of all, that you're not, you must not be lovable because your mom doesn't, you feel like your mom doesn't want you, your dad doesn't want you. Then the sexual abuse happens and then you feel like your idea of love changes. Like, so I must, the only way that I can be loved is by what I look like on the outside and what I can give to others sexually. Right. So I thought the only way that I could get a guy to like me was to, to be, I guess, promiscuous in a way. But then right. when I started using that promiscuity, I, I found that as power because I could, I got to say when you got to touch me, right? And right. I wanted it. You don't tell me when you want it. So there was that, right? And what it was really interesting because I've been listening to the Matthew Perry audiobook and he talks about abandonment also, right? And not feeling loved because his parents would ship him off to his grandparents and, 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 and that's why he started using alcohol to fill that void. So I had a very skewed idea of what love was. I envisioned what I thought it was. I, I, I needed so much attention and I never seemed to get it in a way that I needed it. But on, on the same, to at the same token, even if somebody was giving me love, I didn't know how to receive it. I didn't know how to yeah. give it, receive it. So it was like in that moment, here I'm thinking this man has wronged me all these years. And, you know, like I, I, I was really at a place I didn't want to be with him. But it was so magical. Here I am in my most vulnerable place, crumbling. And he embraces me no matter what has happened and says, I'm here for you and I love you. Like, wow. 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 It was so beautiful. That's amazing. And so you, like, in a way, experience this whole new paradigm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the switch. So then we got to, while I'm growing, he's growing, our relationship is changing, our communication is changing, our respect for one another is changing, we're not at each other's throats. We're learning to communicate and compromise and be the best versions of ourselves for each other. Because I'll tell you, he had to change a lot too. I mean, there's a two-side yeah. road, you know, to everything, right? Two-side street. But we were able Absolutely. to do it through this healing. But it was because I was able to do that deep soul searching and 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 bring out that that beautiful little girl that was, uh, 
that was robbed and bring that back to life and then have that that feeling of I'm deserving. I can walk through the fear and make things happen in my life that I want. I can have the relationship and be loved and I can be an incredible mom. I don't have to be reactive to everything. I don't have to be wronged. Everybody's wronging me. I don't have to be the victim anymore. And yeah. incredible. Yeah, I was going to say this is this is what you you get if you share your story with trustworthy people. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is this is the other side of it, right? Yeah. It's work, but it's it's so different. I mean, it's it's so much more it's rewarding and it it's so rewarding, but the thing is is like to really think about what's happening. Like yeah. you have been programmed and traumatized and your body becomes addicted and you have these dopamine hits by whatever you're addicted to. Right. And that's, it makes you feel good. And, and maybe whatever's happened, you don't feel good. So when you put that away, the one thing that you think is making you feel so good that then isn't feeling so good, you start to clear your mind. Your mind starts to heal. You, you hear heal at a cellular level, your body's healing. Now you have the capability of rewiring your thoughts, rewiring your brain, changing your mindset, learning the tools that allow you to cope when life happens because life can be crappy, you know, Yep. but how do we get through it? it without going straight to the thing that's only going to hurt us more? And there, right. and there are so many ways to, to learn, to shift our mindsets and, and to learn to live in that gratitude and start, start with the practice when you wake up in the morning and realize you can start your day over. And there's just so many things that you can learn and you can change within your brain, your body, your heart. It's incredible. And this is some of the wisdom in, in your book. So let's yes. talk about what inspired you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the story inspired you and, and was part of that, but like yeah. to, to put pen to pen to paper and start to create yeah. chaos to clarity. And, and how, how did that start to take place? So the, the, the second part of that is seeing the signs and breaking the mm. cycle. So seeing right. the signs is about the signs from the other side. So when I started opening myself up, when I became more spiritually connected, I started even using the law of attraction. There were things that I was able to identify that were guiding me in my life. There were so many signs. I, I mean, I, I tell all these God stories in my book because we all have the capability of having these God stories and they're, they are all around us. It's just being able to see them, recognize them, invite them into our experience. So I started having all these things start popping up and people asking me, when are you going to write a book? And I'm like, write a book, never going to write a book. Like that is like the most overwhelming task I can ever even think of. Right. And who am I to write a book? You know, 
But I just started continuing getting these guides. Things would come up like all of a sudden how to write a book. You know, there were programs that would come up on social media, how to write a book. Then there were people that were coming into my life that could help me write a book. So I started just, I guess, surrendering to those signs. And when I finally, there was one last sign. I was sitting in my family room something that popped up on TV. And I'm like, all right, I got to write this book. So I go out on my patio and I look up and I said, God, all right, I'm going to write this book. And I'm not kidding you. A rainbow appeared. Two doves flew up and sat on the roof of my house and a dragonfly flew by me. And dragonflies are another huge part of my story, God's story. But just like, what? And so I just knew that it was not an easy road, but I knew God had a purpose for me to do this to help other people. So I share my story. I share how I got through the 12-step program, what helped me, the, the steps and the tools that I was able to use to change my mindset, to change how I I viewed and reacted to life and all of the signs from the other side, how I broke generational cycles. I mean, so much that happens to us. I mean, this is just like pushed onto us. You know, you know, I think about my mother. I had to forgive, right? Because that's a huge yeah. part, right? Forgiving. And that's not saying, okay, it's okay that my stepdad abused me. It's okay that my mother kept me in that situation. That's not okay. But I also see my mother was weak. She was an alcoholic. You know, like she lived in this fear and in this dark, dark place where she didn't know what else to do. She didn't think that she would be able to survive without him taking care of us. Yeah. Even though this was happening to her own daughter. Yep. So I give so many educational, introspective work, the tools, action items. So, you know, no matter what we are taught, we must put these things into action or change will not happen. And I just want to encourage you, meet you where you are in, in whether it's your sobriety journey or maybe you just want to let go of some trauma and change the way that you're living. And that's really what the purpose is is for me and for this book. Yeah, and I, I, you know what what you're saying rings so true to me. It's like when we kind of move through our trauma, we you, yeah, we can see the messages that are sent to us from the universe. However, you want to see that, exactly. and we start to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then you know, once we do that, we we end up breaking that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna call it like the cycle of chaos. You know, the because mm-hmm. we we yeah. move out of it, we listen. Our, our our mind is free to do that, and we're not, I guess, engulfed in like fear and shame. That just and that's that's know. like the the clarity of your purpose, right? Yeah. So that's what starts coming through because ultimately we are all supposed to be living a passionate, joyful life. We, there's no mistake that any of us are here. It's just finding our purpose and what brings us joy. And it's different for everyone, you know, and it's just, I always want to encourage people like 
listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. Like it doesn't matter what that has to do. If it's people in your life or the next step that you want to take and, you know, people are dragging you down and saying you can't do it. Well, why can't you do it? There's a reason that you're thinking about it. It's a reason why that that has been brought to you. It's just finding the capacity to move through the fear and and make it happen. And just look at life as opportunities and failure as a beautiful lesson because that's where we learn the most. Yeah. And being able to embrace that and, and move through that. Uh, you know, Marcy, thank you so much for coming on. Before yes. we before we end, I always like to ask one question. Yeah. You know, maybe someone's out there mm-hmm. and they're not sure like they can do it or maybe they, they, they're like, I can't see the signs or whatever. And you could say one thing to them. What would you want them to know? What would you want to say? What would be your message? Well, I, I, I'd want to say a little bit more than one thing. I just want to say, first of all, that your past does not define you. You are not alone and that you are worthy. You are worthy of the most beautiful life. And sobriety is hard, but it is where the magic is. I love it. I love it. Love it. Okay. How can, if people want to get your, your book, how can they find you? Uh, Where can they go? Well, you can go to Amazon. Um, you can go to barnesandnoble.com, target.com, walmart.com, Goodreads. Uh, you can also go to my website, wakeupwithmarcy.com. And I have some really exciting news. Um, if you do live in Manhattan, my book is in the Barnes and Noble at 5th and 45th, and I have some signed copies there. Oh, awesome. Or if you want to just reach out to me at uh, wakeupwithmarcy at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If there's any questions I can answer and I could maybe send you a signed copy. Oh, that would be that would be awesome. I'm gonna put all the links in the show notes at theaddictedmind.com so they can find you, they can get it. Marcy, thank you for coming on, sharing your your wisdom, your story to to inspire other people to 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 move through this journey. So just thank you so much. Thank you. Oh hey, it's Aaron. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addictive Mind Podcast. As usual, 
All the links will be in the show notes where you can get Marcy's book, Chaos to Clarity at AddictedMind.com. So check that out. And if you got a lot out of this episode, think of sharing it with a friend. That would be awesome. And if you want to continue the conversation online, join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in the Addicted Mind podcast and click join. All right, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will talk to you on the next episode.